final game of the season to finish in eighth place is it all smiles on the fan base we discuss that we discuss players leaving it's got that kind of end of day feel we've bought 50p in we're wearing our own clothes we've bought some games into play all this and much more on for fox sake Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me for the final time this season is Mr. Rob Hayes. Although, to be honest, actually, Rob, oh no, we're still in the season because we haven't had the Champions League final yet. So, uh, yeah, technically, there we go. It still is this, this season, even though Leicester's ended in what, January? Ish, yeah. For the, for the, for the final time <laughs> in Leicester's season, or well, Leicester's season is over. Uh, it was over, wasn't it? And then it kind of wasn't over again when we managed to go on a bit of a run in the Europa Conference League, which, by the way, I did not expect to see Jose Mourinho in tears and the entirety of Rome at some kind of standstill for winning a third-tier European trophy. Might have happened at Leicester as well. We might have seen Big Brendan have a little have a little cry if we'd have won it. Uh, but then we, we finished nice and strongly, didn't we? Which means that we're in a reasonably positive mood for this kind of summary podcast. I would imagine we'll do another one when the dust has settled a little bit more and maybe go through our our customary player ratings uh, kind of list, if you like, and, and more on the possible ins and outs. But in summary of the last bit of the season, fairly positive. Finished as high as we could, didn't we? And that's really all the players could have done at that stage. It really is. Finishing eighth overall puts a real kind of um, shine on the season. It's an interesting end of season because... You look at the season and you can... There's going to be some people out there who think it's been a disaster. There's going to be some people out there who go, do you know what? In the in the circumstance, it's been fairly successful with a European semi-final and finishing eighth overall. And look how close, really, what? Four points off a European place. And then there's going to be the vast majority who have been very annoyed at times. But then looking at the bigger picture, okay, with injuries, etc., it's not been that bad. It's um, it, it, So when you look back on the season, as we will do now, overall, and then and, and especially the, the, the recent games, it, it's very much a kind of, a, is it a glass half full and that sort of thing? Or you kind of you look at one side that's good, but you don't want to go over the top. So it's just very odd. I mean, the, the, the term lost season, which I think we coined in November, it's, I still think it, it will ultimately be kind of that I think it's definitely been been less so with what's happened recently I don't think you can underestimate what's happened in the last say fortnight I think once you lose in Europe once you've lost that game now the game against Everton afterwards was a bit of a shocker but if you think back about it you know we had a number of chances and it was just after Rome but since then I know we're playing against lesser sides but I think it kind of just reinforces how good a side Leicester are when they have their best players playing. 
and still one of their best players is Jamie Vardy, which we'll come on to. But you win three of the last four games, including a draw then at Chelsea. You score 12 goals in the process of winning those games. Vardy scores a number of them and helps players like Barnes back to somewhere like the form we know. And it really takes a bit of a um, a bit of a turn towards the good, really. And you look forward then to what happens in the summer. And we're in a very fortunate point uh, place in in football. You know, a very successful team, um, very good manager, very good squad, great owners, money to spend, and it's been amusing over the last forty eight hours. Could because there's been plenty of movement in the transfer window. Obviously, not with less than the players, etc. They're all um, over in Thailand. Be, be, behave yourself, lads. Um, it's uh, it's it's interesting because there's been a lot of movement. Aston Villa have have been very quick off the block signing players. They've obviously had deals in um, from a long time ago. Now, I don't think uh, there will be people out there throwing the toys at the pram already. Why haven't we signed Lionel Messi? Why haven't we signed so-and-so? You know, there's. If you look at the teams who are buying players, they've obviously had things in the pipeline already. You look at Aston Villa, prime example. Uh, got money, brought in Steven Gerrard on the promise of you're going to have this amount of money to spend in the summer. And they've basically been planning for this straight away. These players, these deals would have already been done a long time ago. They're just going to spend a lot of money this summer. There's going to be lots of changes there. Um, So I wouldn't be worried about that. I think I, I would obviously like Leicester to do their business as soon as possible. But I think there's just going to be a lot of things done overall in football very early because of the, the way that the season's going to be um, stagger next year with the World Cup and that, but um, so yeah, I wouldn't lose any sight of that. But just, just really back with Leicester overall, Rob eighth place, four points off Europe. Those wins at the end of the season, a lot of people have been saying, you know, it can put you on a good step into the summer. I was kind of when it when it was first mentioned, I thought, really, you know, are a couple of wins at the end of the season going to do that for professional footballers who have done what they've done at Leicester over the last few years? But I think, actually, to be honest, I think it will. It just puts a positive end to a frustrating season. And, and I think that goes for us as supporters. It would go for the players that have been playing, as well as the players that have been out injured and, and therefore sitting on the sidelines frustrated that they can't get on the pitch and change things. It would have been frustrating for Brendan Rodgers. Yet you still come out of it in eighth place, as you say, just a handful of points off of a European place, behind t- uh, just behind a team like West Ham, who everybody's been saying about a fantastic season. You know, Wolves and Brighton talked about um, uh, as having really positive seasons. And I think Brighton finished in the top half of the top flight for the first time in their history, you know, that kind of thing. Leicester was still the best of the rest. Now, there, there was obviously some people that, over the last five, six, seven years of following Leicester City, don't necessarily want to settle for that anymore. And and, and I think for, for, for some part, that's good. It, it's nice to be able to aim higher, dream a bit bigger, set the bar a little bit higher, have higher expectations, but they've still got to be within reason. And if you'd have said at the start of the season, before a ball was kicked, before you even knew the kind of injury list that Leicester would go on to have... And the sort of ups and downs of Europe along with that as well. If you'd have said European semi-final, Leicester finishing eighth, 
you would, especially, I think, Leicester fans like us, Pete, and probably older ones that have been watching Leicester for long enough now to know that this is a very, very much a golden period in our club's history. We're constantly winning things. You know, we won the Community Shield, uh, FA Cup, uh, Premier League very recently. This this is unheard of times for Leicester City. So you do need to just rein it in a little bit uh, when you're sort of thinking, oh, we could have finished 14th. That that would have been bad. It, it would have looked a lot worse. You would, we would have written the season off then, I think, and then you and you would have been a little bit more negative going into the summer. So I agree with what you're saying there, that to go the last four games unbeaten, uh, to score a hat full of goals and to get a few players back to fitness uh, and looking like they're going to get a full pre-season, it does make me as a supporter feel more positive about next season. If we'd have limped over the line, picked up a draw or a couple of draws, lost to a couple of those already relegated teams, you know, you would have been nervous and, and tense a little bit throughout the summer thinking, is that deal good enough to stop what's happened this season happening again? But actually we're coming out of it going, you know what? Even if you did want to write off the season, Leicester still finished in the top half of the Premier League and that doesn't happen very often if you look at the sort of mid to longer term history of Leicester City Football Club. Yes, be frustrated because they could have done more this season. Of course they could. And who knows what would have happened if those players were available. Could have been knocking on the door of fifth again like we have been for the last couple of seasons. But eighth place is absolutely not a disaster. It's the best we could have done because, what, five, six games ago, even though we were just over 40 points, we weren't mathematically safe. And... I wasn't fearful that we'd get relegated, but we could have, you know, done a Southampton or something and slumped right into the middle of the bottom half of the table, and I had a, a very pointless season. But actually, to to come through in eighth, European semi final, and and it looks like Rogers is very clear on the on the summer plan. It does bode well for next season it makes me feel positive and, I'm, and I think it will have that kind of effect on the players as well a lot of people have been doing their you know moments of the season you know player of the season kind of goal of the season and all that sort of thing um, I, I've I've written down moment of the season but just to touch on what you said there there, there was that point I'm just going to go back to uh, mid to late January we lose at home to Tottenham unbelievably in those injury time goals, crazily. We draw against Brighton. We lose to Forest in the FA Cup. We lose away at Liverpool, although it was an improved display. We draw against West Ham. Again, late goal. Um, we beat Randers in the Cup. We lose to Wolves. We win away at Randers. We then have games in the league at the start of March. So I've gone from there mid-January to the start of March and we haven't won a game in the Premier League. We were we were in trouble. We'd beat Randers who we should have beat. Great. But we were in trouble. And we had games away at Burnley and we had games at home against Leeds in four days with of each other. Um we beat Burnley away, we beat Leeds at home. We then go and obviously beat Wren, etc. Followed by a defeat to Arsenal, but then you you can intersperse the form with wins. You beat Brentford, you beat Palace, um, 
You then have a little bit of a lull after beating PSV, but by then we were okay. And then obviously you finish off with um, Norwich beating them by three, Watford beating them 5-1 and 4-1 against Southampton. So there was really that, that moment of the season where you thought, hang on, this is this is bad. We've got a game against PSV Eidhoven coming up in the in the in the conference league. And yet in the Premier League, we're banging trouble here because if we don't pick up some results, we not not that we're gonna get relegated, but we're staring a maximum of fourteenth in the league, really. Whether you look at what was going on around us, some of the teams doing well at that time, likes of say Brighton and Newcastle started to pick up and um and, and those such teams, you're thinking, well, you know, Palace are always doing well. So, yeah, you, you, you're thinking, hang on, the most we can finish is about 13th, maybe even 12th. And um, and you end up finishing 8th and you end up going far in Europe. It is a real turnaround. Now, we all know probably why with some of the players coming back, but that's real credit to the team. That's not down in tools. Now, there's been some immensely disappointing displays Um and there's been some people out there who have mentioned about the fact that the prerogative is to disrupt the top six. And well, I'm sorry, but Leicester have done that. We've we've not only disrupted the top six, we should have finished fourth on at least one occasion. We've won trophies. And yet we've finished two places outside of that top six, not by far, in a season where I've just listed a point not too long ago where we were staring a best place 14th in the face. So to actually finish that high up shows the strength of the side. And when we're on the ball, we are genuinely a top six side. Now, if people say that's not good enough because you, you need, if you're not in that top six, then we need someone to get us in the top six. So looking at the manager, then, okay, if you think if we're not in the top six, then that deserves the Leicester manager to be sacked. If that's your, if that's what you think, then fine. I don't believe that. I think that's crazy talk at a club like Leicester. If you're Manchester United, maybe that's the case. But at Leicester, no, you've got to look at the overall circumstances and, again, the bigger picture. Um, but uh, it really has changed my point of view from, from doing this podcast, these, these last few games. And I think it will the players as well. Now, when it comes to, I know we, we haven't discussed anything at all with this podcast, Rob. But when it comes to, say, moment of the season, I was I, you've seen all these online and people have written as soon as the last game finishes. Um, my moment of the season is a real downer because I'm going back to the pre-season game when Wesley Fofana broke his leg. I don't think there has been any such moment of the season. There's been there's been really good times. The away at PSV to come back and to play that the way they did in the second half, to essentially rip apart a PSV side in the final 45 minutes and eventually, I mean, I was so confident they were going to score and it did. And, but you go back and you look at the problems, you look at the set pieces and we'll come on to the horrors of the season, but you look at all the problems and I'm not saying it's down to one man, but without Fafana, they've had to have Soyuncu and Amati at the back because you throw in an injury to Johnny Evans. It wouldn't have been half as bad. Would we be in the top six? Looking at the season, four points off six, probably. It It's difficult to say one player at the start of the season would have made so much of a difference. But I think, you look at what Fafana's done since he's come back. He's been amazing. Let's get it right. He's been absolutely sensational. But as good a player as he was, but also he's improved in every aspect of the game. He's now reliable. 
virtually 100%. He's so confident on the ball that we know. He's less risk-taking on the ball. Um, he's stronger. He wins everything in the air, like an absolute gazelle. He is a Rolls-Royce of a centre-half. And that leg break before the season started, essentially, I'd say ruined our Premier League season. It has to have done. Because to play a Premier League season with Soyuncu and Amati at the back, that's incredible. To finish where we have with those two, you know, at the back, unbelievable. Now, were they down to the... Was it their faults with all the problems from set plays? To label those two, it's got to be a no. Are they the biggest factors in that? They have to be. They're the centre-halves. Your centre-half, guess what they do? They head the ball away. And it has to be. But there obviously are different factors. A lot of people have to take blame. It's It sounds weird, but I, I always, straight away, when I saw those moments of the season and everyone's put in the good moments, first of all, fair play. That's a really good way of looking at things, not just in football, but overall. But I think the biggest moment happened in the preseason. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And if you if you're looking at it that sort of black and white, that Leicester finished just four points out of the European places, is Wesley Fofana a good enough footballer to single-handedly earn Leicester City four more points in a season? Absolutely, without doubt, he is. And 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 there's your answer. Would would having Wesley Fofana in the Leicester team this season have enabled Leicester to finish in a European place? You've you've got very little doubt that that would have been that that would have happened if the entire season. It, it's the other players, though, Robin. It's, it's it's the other players. Look at one player who's probably going to leave, Yannick Vestergaard. Has Yannick Vestergaard played alongside Wesley Fofana? You never know. You could have had Ves- you could have had Yannick Vestergaard being the player we saw at Southampton, going right. This guy's can he can cover and do everything. I can be confident. I can head the ball away, knowing that this guy's going to be behind me, in front of me, left and right of me. I I can be the Johnny Evans type player, which I think everyone thought we were signing. And then it turns out when he signed, yes, he's been crap. Let's get it right. He's been awful. But is it because he's been playing alongside Soyuncu Chu and or Daniel Amati? Probably. Absolutely, 100% probably. It's, his, it's still his fault. You know, he's still been very poor, but you've got to look who he's playing alongside as well. So, I, I, and then you look at the keeper, what he did at the start of the season. Schmeichel had his worst six weeks or so at the start of the season. Since then, I think he's been very, very good. Very good. And it's a real question mark because I'd love Leicester to go out and buy Nick Pope. First of all, he'll be one of the main signings for me. I'd love them to buy him. But Schmeichel's been excellent. So, you know, who knows? But it's his effect on those players around him. And those players around him, I think, have been the main culprits for why we're down in the position that we are. So it just all comes back to Fafana. Yeah, it does. It's not It's not necessarily about one man and his impact on individual games. It is exactly like you've said there. It's, it's his impact in both boxes. It's his ability to shut down opposition counter-attacks before they've even thought about it. It's his ability to when when the game's got a bit stale and when teams are getting men behind the ball and Leicester are trying to play through the lines, which is quite possibly one of the most frustrating things uh, for for me and and from what I've spoken to other fans, uh, you know when play, when teams park the bus, Leicester's still not trying to turn them around and and put the balls in behind. You you all of a sudden see Fafana 
four or five games after he's been out for most of the season injured, striding forward 50 yards with the ball. And because the the other teams are set up to stop Leicester's midfield and, and attack, it's almost like looking around going, oh, flipping heck, how do we stop this fella who is a supreme athlete and extremely good technically considering he plays centre-back? And what he does then is he draws people towards him and that provided pockets of space for our midfielders to get on the ball in the opposition half. Is Daniel Amati doing that? No, he's not. He's got his limitations. He does. It. He's a squad player. He, he's he's done his job amicably, I think, this season. Suyuncu has done it when he's when he's been more confident, but he's been a shadow shadow of his former self this season. And you know, with Johnny Evans out as well, it could well have been a Fafana and Vestergaard centre back partnership that could have flourished. And it, and it didn't, and obviously it's all ifs and buts. But I would agree with you in terms of how our season panned out. That is right up there as, as one of the most significant moments, and, and it happened before the season even started. If we're, if we're going along the lines of best or most enjoyable moments, um, I tend to sort of go for ones that I've experienced myself because... I do enjoy watching football on the on the TV. Don't get me wrong, and I, and I watch a lot of it, and I, I try and watch uh, virtually all Leicester games, um, even though I can't get down to as many now. I'm up in Sheffield, but going to the Roma game at the King Power uh, and the atmosphere there, and and the intensity of it, and the sort of caliber of the of the opposition manager and team, and 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 just. Being part of a European atmosphere again was was right up there with one of my highlights of the season, and and there have been a few if people step back and 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 have a look and have a think about it. But I, I think I can I can totally understand the frustrations as well. But yeah, for Fana as 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 the most significant moment of the season, absolutely. My my top one of my top moments has has got to be going get, getting a, the opportunity to go back to the King Power for a European night. Um. Obviously, in a, in a semi-final as well, regardless of how high or low your regard for the competition is. But there are there have been some enjoyable moments. There have also been quite a few not-so-enjoyable ones as well. Yeah, I think many people will have Europe obviously top of the list, whether they went away to any of the games in the league stages, to the knockout, to Rennes, to PSV, to Roma. Um, they would obviously be highlights kind of off the pitch, if you know what I mean. Obviously on the pitch as well when it comes to PSV. That has to be one of mine. Um, I think uh, people have, have used performance of the season. I think the overriding performance was probably obviously Dakar away in Moscow. Um, disappointed I couldn't go to Moscow. I wanted to go there. Um, and let's face it, it's going to be a long time since people till people go there again. So like um, that's uh, that was a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, his performance there was fantastic. Uh, we were watching it in a pub on the outskirts of Whitby, and um, it was it was sensational, really, because he he took his goals well. I I don't I've got no problems with Dakar. Um, I know slightly off the ball towards the end of the season, short of confidence, and you saw how he celebrated his goal uh, the other week. He, he, you know that's, but he's a young player. Fine, no problems with him. We'll come on to maybe some of the other players uh, where there are problems. So. I'd certainly have that as a kind of performance of the season. Um, yeah, and also, um, when it comes to players leaving, I mean, the FA Cup, we're not going to dwell on the, the, the loss to Forest, obviously, but 
I, I think that underlined a few of the players when they do leave. I think that was the one performance. That was the day when Rogers kind of snapped. That was the day when he went, right, you, you, you and you, you're gone. You know, you, you've cracked here. I think regardless of what happens from now on, unless you turn into Pele, I think you're going to go. And that's why I think someone like Surinchu, I can see Daniel Armati going. Um, if if someone comes in, if the, the offer's right, if not, he'll stay. But I, I think if the offer's right on quite a few players, then then I think he will go. I mean, that was just horrific. Um, and you never know, we might get Rome back in the league next year. Let's let's find out. But I mean, the corner situation was just diabolical. Again, you look at since we've had players back, has it been as bad? It's, it's not been as bad, no. Um, the obvious faults are at the goalkeeper as well, but that's never going to change. But I, I certainly think it will improve with a run in the side from from the centre halves and also at fullback. Um looking at looking more positively, uh, just just a word actually on Timothy Castagna playing on the right. Um we know he's been very versatile, but he's been fantastic getting forward. I know he, he had that cross for for Vardy who just got half a touch on against against Southampton, but he's been really good on the right for Leicester. Now we know that there's obviously problems with the injury record of of Pereira, but um that could be a real option as well with maybe JJ on one side on the left and him on the right instead of the other way around. I really like... He looks very, very comfortable on the right. Um, he looks very dangerous going forward. He just looks very... He looks very happy to be there. And he's a good player, very good player. And I think he shows more going forward on the on the right, certainly. He's just, just more confident. Um, so that's been a real plus. But... Um, there's one player in particular, and I, I, I tweeted this. So if you do follow us on, on Twitter at FFS Pod or actually at Pete Selby, because I, I, uh, I did it as well, it was a stat um, from Fossils and Foxes, um, from Dave Smith on there that I saw. And uh, stats are stats. There's a million and 12 stats when it comes to football nowadays, and most of them are, well, it's not garbage, but they're, they're meaningless. Um, they don't really add anything. You was obviously commentated a million times, Rob. So himself, if you say a stat, and it needs to add something to to the game, it needs to add something to to what you've said or to an opinion. It needs to back it up. That's what it's for. That's what originally they were for. But I think now some people just throw them out there randomly, and, you, and you're watching. And go, why have you said that? That's just a random thing you've just read off a bit of paper because you're lost for for something to say. And it was about Vardy, and um, it's the seventh. Seventh consecutive um, season, he's been Leicester's top scorer. And it equals the record set by Arthur Chandler in the day. Uh, also, Arthur Rowley had seven, but they weren't in consecutive seasons. And you go, well, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. But the look at it Look at it again. Seven consecutive seasons, he's been our top goal scorer in what is pretty much and arguably the, the, the greatest period in Leicester's history. He's been the top scorer every single season for those seven seasons. And let's face it, will be a short price to be top scorer next season. That's some stats. That is That just backs up what we all know about the GOAT, you know, the greatest player. But to score the goals he has, uh, what, 15 goals in the Premier League from 20 starts? We know he's come on as a sub quite a few times. I generally was very, very worried when he came back because he looked off it. But in the last few games, once he's got back up to 100%, shame he wasn't 100% against Roma, but it's 
he is the Jamie Vardy of old. And if he's fully fit and in that form, he is going to be our number nine next year. Barnes has just turned into a different player when he's playing alongside Vardy. Um, Madison will come on to, but Vardy, it's been a, a really, really good last month or so for Vardy, or last, say, two to three weeks. And uh, But that's, that's phenomenal, really. Anyone that thought he was done for uh, when he got the latest injury when they took into account his age and everything, has been well and truly proven wrong in that last little cluster of fixtures, haven't they? I've, I thought so a few times. I, I generally thought, I thought, hang on, Vardy might well just be off it here. He'll always be sharp, but I I was like, mm, really? Are we, are we going to go that? Well, yes, we are. Guess what? We are, because look what he's done in the last couple of weeks. He's, he's on number nine. It's been at the back of our minds, hasn't it? And it's been in conversations that we've had on the podcast. And I'm sure like you, like me, Pete, it's been in conversations that we've had with uh, with our mates, with other Leicester fans, that this could be the beginning of the end. It's, it's natural. He's already really performing at a much higher level than most strikers in that in, 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 I can recall playing for any team have managed to, to reach at, at this age. And he when, he, when he came back from that injury, first few games, like you said, just looked, looked well off it. Couldn't take the ball with him. Nowhere near as sharp. But, but, but Vardy is at his best when he is right at it, when he's right on the money, when he's, when he's sharp as anything. And the fact that it didn't take him that many games to get back to that, despite the long injury layoffs he's had this season, despite his age is a very, very positive sign because next season there's not going to be um, any European matches. So you're not going to have to think about managing his schedule so much. There, I think the fixture list is going to be condensed a bit because of the, the World Cup and, and uh, coming in the middle of the season. But by and large, Vardy should be able to play rest a couple of days, train a day and a bit maybe, uh, rest and play, and be managed in a way that he is match sharp throughout the season, provided that the injuries don't come back. And there's always, I mean, I, 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 I'm feeling it, Pete. I'm, I'm 32 now, and I've had a, an injury on my glute now for four weeks that will not go away and it started radiating into my hip and my lower back and then into my knee because I'm hobbling about a bit. I, I'm feeling it. If, if this had happened to me when I was 25, I reckon I'd have shaken it off and been back on the five-a-side pitch by now. But And I'm obviously not an elite athlete like Jamie Vardy, far from it. But it, it happens to you as age comes along. So provided he stays injury-free, which, you know, you can't you can't predict that kind of thing, but... Absolutely no question he's the main man up front again for Leicester next season. Would would you keep Ian Acho and Dakar? Absolutely. They've both got plenty to offer, I think. Dakar, remember, he's not played in um, in this kind of level ever before. He's proven that he's a natural finisher. He has shown absolutely that he is determined to succeed at this club. He looks like a great character. Like you said about his celebration, he's just so... There's an element of relief there, but he's just so delighted to be to be doing his job and scoring goals. And I think 
he obviously needs to become a lot more savvy when it comes to dealing with Premier League centre-backs. He needs to be a bit meaner, a bit nastier. He needs to do more of what Jamie Vardy does because he's got all of the all of Vardy's attributes. He's got his pace. He's got the the timing of the runs. He's got the sharpness. He's got the natural instinctive instinctive finishing. He's just not horrible enough, uh, and that's that's ultimately the difference there. But knowing that Vardy is still able to be Vardy after seven consecutive seasons at the top of the scoring charts. As Leicester's greatest ever goal scorer, certainly greatest ever goal scorer that I've seen in a Leicester shirt, is hugely positive news. And I won't say much on Castagna because I agree with everything he said. I think Castagna's great. He looks like a top bloke. He's a hard-working, very good footballer who has, he's already put on his social media scene next season, Foxes. So I don't think there's any question whatsoever about him going anywhere Um Looking forward to seeing how he fits into various systems next season. Big fan. Told you about my sporting injury. Oh, go on. I uh, basically, I, on one of my nails, I kind of like peeled it and I went a bit too deep. I said, I tell you, I've had a couple of days of just, it's been, been horrible. Lay, on, you've, peeled, you've peeled the nail off and you're calling this a sporting injury. It happened in a sporting venue when I was in, when I was doing the, I was in Turin doing the football. like And um, yeah. So you weren't playing the sport, you were commentating on the sport, yes. and then you've peeled the toenail back. No, 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 on my uh, on one of my fingers. <laughs> a finger, you've peeled a fingernail back, commentating on a football match, and you're calling that a sporting injury. I think it's, I think it's classified as a sporting injury. I'm going to claim it as that. All right, whatever you say. It was a workplace event. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sue anyway. the gaffer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He takes full responsibility. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. So Vardy, yeah, Vardy's the king. Um, but when it comes to the awards, the uh, did the awards surprise you? It, it kind of surprised me. But then when you look at it again, you go, well, well, yeah. It, they, they were right. It's the the, the fans voted for uh, what James Madison Player of the Year. Great. I actually thought it might be the other way around. I thought the players who voted for um, KDH, I thought the players might vote for Madison and then the fans vote for KDH. I thought they were going to be the other way around, but there you go. Um, I think that, I think clearly they have been the best two players, really. Uh, obviously Vardy when he's been playing, but um, Madison's been, we'll come on to Madison in, in, a, in fact, no, sorry, we'll do it now. Um, we know what KDH has been like. We, we've sang his praises from, from here to whenever. Um, so we kind of can overlook him, really. We'll probably mention him in the summer when we're looking at maybe next year, how the team's looking and um, in terms of si- more in-depth in terms of signings in a few weeks' time. Um, Madison's been brilliant. Ever since, what was it, early November, say late uh, October, he had a poor start to the season. He had that injury. It took him a while, but then he just, it was still poor. That's no real excuse. Uh, but since then, he's been one of the best number 10s in the Premier League. And again, there's lots of people throwing stats around, but you can't ignore him when the amount of goals he's been scoring, first of all. You can't ignore that. Um, I think he has been player of the year. I've been really impressed. Uh, I'd love him to still get better, to work on his game and be a better player. Uh, because I, I think there is still a better player there. His, his weaknesses. I always think a, a player when you're looking at what can they improve on, it's quite rare that you get kind of a player who is 
just kind of level at everything, you know, as, as a kind of, uh, yeah, you know, they're a good player, kind of good all-round player. They are, there are players there, but you, you tend to have players at a club like Leicester who are really good at some things, but they do have weaknesses elsewhere. You look at the goalkeeper, for example, crosses would be a huge negative, but everything else is is a huge positive. Madison has that in spades. You know, we know about his positives. Really good passer. Uh, seems like a good lad as well around the team, etc. Um, especially this season, really has matured. I think he's okay at free kicks. I think his dead balls are terrible. His corners, his free kicks, they can be certainly something he can work on. Although I generally have my doubts and we'll come on to who we want signing uh, in the summer. But... Overall, he's been really, really good. Sharper, quicker, fitter, uh, stronger. I still think there's a lot more room there as well. So I, I think overall he's been fantastic. And then if we just switch to, to England talk in the same breath because it's the same player. Great that Justin's in the squad. Great. Now, when it comes to obviously Madison not being in the squad, I put on, on social media, I don't really mind you know, it's been great over the years that Leicester players have been called up, but when they haven't, I don't really throw the toys out the pram. I don't understand this. This I don't understand Madison not being in the squad. I that's obviously personal. It has to be. There's there's something that's happened. We know about the casino night before, but then people will throw in what's people like Jack Grealish and Foden have done. Um I don't understand why he's not there. Even if there's been a problem between the two, surely a player in such good form has to be in there. And, and a player who's not... It's not a player who's just been promoted with the side, who started quite well, and after the first, say, six weeks of the season, people go, do you know what? He should be in the English squad. That's not the case. This is a player... He surely has to be. But, on the flip side, if it's a personal thing, he's the England manager. And guess what? He's called up James Justin. And the reason he's called up James Justin is not because he's been playing that well for Leicester. I still think James Justin needs a full pre-season ahead of him and he'll be, hopefully, the player that we saw just before he got injured. He's obviously called him up because he was going to be in the Euro squad. He loved him beforehand and he's called him up because he's a very versatile player at the back, as we know. That's the reason. It's a personal thing. So it's a personal thing with Justin, which is a positive, and it's a personal thing with Madison, which is a negative. I just look at it and go... A lot of people saying people like Mason Mount. I don't think Mason Mount's a number 10 for me. I think he's a bit further back, like an 8. And if you're going to play Madison as a 10, who's he going to play? Who's going to be in his position? Do you, Are you playing Foden in that position? England don't really, but he would be ahead of him, obviously. Jack Grealish, not for me. Hasn't done it at Man City. I don't think he's played very well at all. Um, at a club like that, at a team like that, will he be good next year? Probably, but... As we're sitting here right now, would you have Jack Grealish in the team ahead of James Madison? No, you wouldn't. If you play, if you, if you're playing as a number ten, so so yeah, there we go. But deserved Player of the Year, and hopefully that Player of the Year award for someone like Madison will look at that during the summer and go, "Crocky, I, I am the supporters' Player of the Year for this season. I am the Leicester City's Player of the Year. That really is something. That's a massive vote of confidence." And hopefully it just pushes him to, to really improve further. And who knows, he could be on that plane because he's made it impossible for, for Southgate not to pick him. Well, the fact that James Madison is in these conversations, obviously a lot of them are from uh, from a Leicester point of view, but there will have been fans of, of most other teams in the Premier League 
who were England supporters who would have been thinking, oh, I, I, even if they've only watched Match of the Day a handful of times in the last few weeks, they'll have watched and gone, all right, that Madison fella looks decent. He's English. Why Why is he not getting a look in? It's, it's interesting when you dissect the reasons that Southgate gives because they kind of seem to be uh, used for certain players in certain positions but then he completely ignores his own strategy and his own selection policy in other areas of the pitch. Let's take, for example, he got asked a direct question about someone like Eric Dyer. Spurs, great run of uh, results to finish the season strongly and finish in the top four. Eric Dyer playing at the heart of a back three, which England have employed at, at, on numerous occasions under Southgate. Southgate says, no, nah, I've not called Dyer up because... Uh, he's been playing in a three. We might play in a four. Um, we've seen a lot of Eric Dyer, so we wanted to have a look at, say, Tamori from AC Milan. Fine. Totally understandable. Um, it's not putting Dyer in the dark. It's not saying that he won't be in the World Cup squad. Uh, it, it, it's just a sort of, let's get Tamori in the England camp, give him some games, see what, see what he looks like, see how he fits in. Fine. Same with Gay from uh, Palace. But then you look further forward and he gets asked a direct question about James Madison and he says well yeah Madison's competing against players like uh, Foden and Mason Mount Uh, and he's I don't know the exact quote but he's basically said that he's not at that level now statistically Gareth James Madison is above that level this season in a team where yes you you could argue that he has uh, a little bit more responsibility in, in the sense that everything goes through him for Leicester. If it doesn't go through him, it doesn't happen, basically. that's And that's why I think pockets of of fans have been underwhelmed with some of his performances, quite rightly so, because we expect a lot, he expects a lot, and if he's not ticking, Leicester aren't ticking, and that is a big problem. But for the reason that Southgate has picked Tamori and Gaye at centre-back over someone like Eric Dyer. Surely, on that logic, you've got to pick Madison over Foden or Mount for the same reason that you he's been playing well. You know what Foden and Mount can do. Madison's got the stats to back it up. Let's have a look at him in an England camp. Because it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't agree with what he's done back in, in defence. Now, I think one of the main issues is the fact that Madison has played in a number of positions for Leicester this season. He has played, you could say, on the right of a midfield three. He has played on the right of a front three. But his best position where he can affect the game best is as a number 10. And Leicester haven't always used him in that position this season. And But as soon as he moves into there, he has such a big impact on the game. England don't tend to play with that formation. They tend to play the 4-3-3 with the sort of base of the midfield three and then two number eights uh, like Rice and Phillips, for example. Um, Both very athletic, very capable uh, offensively and defensively. And then Madison is not as good as the wingers that England have in a wide forward position. I I totally understand that. So... You know, if England played a 4-2-3-1 with a player in the number 10 behind the striker, Madison might have been more likely to get a shout. But I still don't understand if he's comparing him to Mount and Foden, 
and he looks at the statistics and he follows his own logic with Gay and Tamori instead of Dyer. Why Madison's not in the squad? Justin's in the squad because we haven't got any left-backs. It's as simple as that because he's not been in fantastic form for Leicester. He's been fine since his comeback, but I totally agree with you. He's nowhere near it, uh, the level that he was before his injury. Full pre-season. You know, he's got a great chance of going to the World Cup, Justin, if he has a full pre-season, hits the ground running in September. But, yeah, Madison sounds personal to me. Yeah, I think so. I, I completely think so. And especially at this time of season as well. If you're ever going to call up a player, you call them up now because you've got games in the, was it Nations League? It's it To be honest, with the World Cup on the horizon, this is the time when you would leave out anyone. You'd say, look, you've got uh, Harry Kane, for example. If you If you don't want Harry Kane, if he's got a slight knock, you go, go on holiday. You have the rest. You have the longest summer that you can have because... We've got the World Cup coming up at the end of this year. So you want the senior England players to be away. And that's not going to be the case for them. So why, why wouldn't you replace him with? But there you go. That, again, it's the progressive. It's, it's, it's the way that they're going about things. Um, when it comes to them players leaving, there's been one or two already. I mentioned with a lot of movement in the Premier League, a lot of uh, obviously journalists out there saying X, Y and Z. Uh, Percy from the Telegraph, who have always bigged up, um, really, really close and behind the scenes at Leicester as well, especially uh, friends with a lot of the players, straight away said um, Vestergaard and Samari are, are players looking for, for offers. No surprise with Vestergaard. It's just not worked at all. I still say it wasn't a, a Rogers signing. I, I, it's, to me, it just didn't sound like a Rogers signing at the time and since. The way he's not played him. The chances he's had to actually play him. And it, he, he hasn't... And nah, nah, I, I still believe that. So, yeah, can get rid. And and Bibakari Samare, um, very strange. There's obviously been some personal reasons. Personal reasons have been cited on loads of occasions why he's been missing. I know he picked up an injury. Um, before all that, I would have put him down as going, OK, he's not been anything spectacular, but surely a player you go, yeah, we've signed him, but really someone maybe to kick on again next season you know really to start fulfilling their promise to really to grow and be the player be that big strong midfielder that we box-to-box type player that we need um and that we thought we signed but then it's just gone on and on and on something's gone wrong now is it that he's well I have no idea and also I don't think anyone else does they've kept this really quiet whether it's a simple case of he hasn't fancied it he's moved and gone I I don't like it here the homesick job. I don't like it. It's not worked out. There we go. Or has something kicked off behind the scenes? Don't know. Or has it been a case that there are personal problems and there are something, some things that have happened to him, maybe in his family, that we just don't know of. And it's just, that's the way it is. Um, so we'll see. I'd, I'd prefer maybe him to go on loan if we're just talking about a football reason. You know, send him out on loan. And you never know, it might just spark back into life, come back, bang, different player, job done. But um, yeah, it's, I, is it one of them things? We're just going to have to wait and see because none of us know. Vestergaard, yeah, can go. Um, and I'll just throw in, I think Soyuncu's going. There's been a lot of links to the Chelsea's and the Real Madrid's and all that. But you can see it. You look at the way he performed, you can see it. Obviously, it's gone horribly wrong this season, but I think he's on his way out, certainly. Bertrand, we know. And then you're looking at those players on the cusp. We've said every year, the Chowdhury's, etc. Uh, 
Uh, Jose Perez is an interesting one. Now, a few people saying because he's finished the season well, and he has. He took the two goals against uh, Southampton very well. I don't think that's a reason to keep him. And I don't think they will keep him because, let's face it, he hasn't been anywhere near the first team until recently. Anywhere near it. So he's, if they got the right offer, surely he's definitely on the way out. Um, And away from those, I'm still going to throw two first teamers in there. And I'm going to throw Kletchi and Acho. And I'm going to throw Wilfred and Didi. I still think if an offer comes in for Wilf, I think the knee injury might might keep him at Leicester. I think if he was playing, it could have been the year someone comes in and goes, you, we want you. And he might turn around and go, look, I'll go. I've been here a long time now, etc. Fine. The injury might keep him there. Kalechi the same. I can see if a bid comes in from a club who go, do you know what? We need you as our number nine. You know, you're talking to mid to low table Premier League club, uh, maybe even further up. Who knows? Maybe even someone like a Newcastle might come in and go, do you know what? That guy, we can just stick him up top. Bang. Goals, goals, goals. There you go. Um, if that comes in, I can see Leicester turning around going, yeah, because of possibly the one thing that we've mentioned most times on For Fox Sake over the last... Uh, probably three seasons or so, is the positioning inside of Kelechi and Acho. And I just think if the money came in for him, this might be the season that they turn around and go, with the players we want to bring in, we need to be raising money. So yes, let, let, let's do it. So those those certainly would be on my list to go. And also, I, I think there might well be just a, a little bit of a, if a big comes in for a player, we might be in this season of all seasons to say, okay, we'll take it. When last season, it was obviously a no-go area. This season, it might be a yes. Tielemans, I don't think it's even worth speculating because if it gets done, it gets done. He's, if I think if the bid comes in from the right club, he'll certainly want to go. I think there's going to be two piles of players to discard this summer. There's going to be one pile of the we are actively looking to get rid of this player. They are not good enough for our squad. Uh, they don't feature in our plans for next season. Let's try and get rid of them. But then there's going to be the pile of, hmm, if the right financial move came in and it was the right move for the player, the player wanted to go, then we would consider it. Um, who's in those piles? You don't know for sure. You, you could give a few dead certs. Obviously, Vestergaard is in the go pile. I can't see any way that Hamza Chowdhury stays at the club uh, unless they can't find a move for him because he has been right down the pecking order. Uh, he's done a job occasionally in... Well, he plays centre-back at one point, didn't he? And, you know, he always gives his all, but I don't think he's got the level of quality to take Leicester higher than eighth place in the Premier League, and that's that's that. Uh, and I also think he's got to be at the stage where he's, where he's going to need to go somewhere and play more regularly. Again mid to lower level Premier League he could probably do a job as a midfield enforcer with somebody more creative around him it's his ability on the ball and I think that's the issue with Samari physically great Samari big fella strong quick covers the ground but the amount of times he would make a poor pass poor decision on the ball or would be half a yard off the, off the pace in in terms of he, he's not quite positionally got it right. That's nothing to do with physically not being able to get there. That's to do with his mental attributes. And if he can't, if Brendan Rodgers doesn't see the potential in him to speed up his movement of the ball, to tidy up his feet, 
and to stay switched on for 90 minutes in a Premier League game, then there's no point in keeping him. Because if he can't see that he's going to get to that point, he's not going to be, he's not going to be playing for Leicester City. Gone. Um, I, ne- I never put that as one of the options for Samari, the fact that he's just rubbish. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not saying he's rubbish. And, and it, obviously in the French League, he you do get a little bit more time in the, in the European leagues, time on the ball. Uh, and you can probably get away with a few more lapses in concentration because it, it the tends the the game speed doesn't tend to be that uh, as high. But the, the 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 intensity of the turnovers in the Premier League means that you have constantly got to be second guessing where you need to be, and you need to be thinking about being there before you move there. Whereas he would kind of once the possession's turned over, he'd then think, "Oh, I should be over there. Now I'm going to move there." By which point I'm 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 out of the game. I've been taken out of the game with, by one pass or one kind of drop of the shoulder, and that's it. Um, and and that doesn't fit with with what Leicester are trying to achieve. It doesn't fit with the style of playing. It doesn't fit in the Premier League, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, soon too, he'd absolutely take a take an offer from Atletico Madrid. I think of the most recent team been linked with him over the last. 24, 48 hours. Oh, fits them to a glove, doesn't he? Like, Absolutely oh, yes. does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you cash in on him. You you get rid of Vestergaard. I think if both of those go, you keep Daniel Amati because he's he's steady enough and he, he strikes me as the kind of player that would be reasonably happy being a bit part player at the club. And he's got a song. And he's and he's got several songs and he is absolutely a cult hero. Perez is an interesting one. Because the only reason there's, we're, that we're even having this conversation right now and the only reason there's a question mark over him is because he was one of the main factors in changing the game against PSV. Unbelievable performance when he came off the bench. And he scored two good goals against Southampton. But other than that, he's offered very little throughout the season. And it, again, is he that kind of player that is good enough to get Leicester higher than the eighth place that a lot of fans are still grumbling about this season? No, he's not. So if it's a, if it, if there's an offer on the table and there's a chance to move him on, do it. I think the issue we have is there are quite a few players like Perez, the ones that we've just mentioned, Samare, um, uh, Chowdhury. Even Mendy's got a question mark over him. He's only played because indeed he's been injured. Would like what? What do the play? What does Rogers actually think of him? Not an awful lot if he didn't even put him in the squad for the first half of the season. The issue is, you're not going to be able to get rid of that many players and get in that many better quality replacements for them. That's not three or four players in and out. That's five or six, possibly seven, if you look at the. The, the big sort of discard pile and we've talked about it being a summer overhaul but that for me seems like a bit too much there's so many potential issues with upsetting the harmony of the squad with settling in so many new players especially as they might not all come from the Premier League so then they've got to get used to the league uh, there, there are so many so many sort of downsides to that kind of transfer business that we might well see a few of those fringe players stick around yeah I I don't know I, for me I think it's the big broom job I, I'd be actively seeking to move them on when it comes to signings we've, we've mentioned before on the last few podcasts you know some players who who we would like um very interesting that we played obviously against Southampton and uh and you've got James Ward-Prowse I don't know what's happening with the director of football and all that sort of thing the chief scouts and all that um but Ward Prowse, 
Surely, who's in the England squad now? He's the thing is with Ward Prowse. We know it's his free kicks, free kicks, deliveries from corners, deliveries from set plays. Um, just to go on again, I I commentate a lot for Southampton. I I've seen a lot of James Ward Prowse in the last six months. His you might see him score free kicks, yes, but honestly, his delivery from from dead ball situations, corners, free kicks, it's absolutely mustard it's quick it hardly ever hits the front man it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant so uh, would you pay a lot of money for James Ward Prowse I don't know how much money he would cost I think he would cost a lot but um, he, he fits Leicester for me he fits the midfield um, if someone like Yuri Tillemans goes he's a different player absolutely different player good player very good player, but I, you just look at him and go, for what Leicester are missing in their side, and dead balls are dreadful. Let's get it right. Madison's player of the year, fine, but his corners are awful. And his, his free kicks are awful. His free kicks direct on goal, I'm going to put us, aren't bad. I don't think they're great. Um, I just think he's, he's not bad at that. Um so he 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 fits that gap. What I was saying about players who have you know, real deficiencies. If you look at the Leicester squad or the Leicester first team, the best Leicester first team, that would be a huge deficiency. Um, him coming into the side would instantly change that. But also, then you take away in other aspects. He wouldn't maybe have that final killer pass like Yuri Tillens, but then many people don't. Um, there's with someone like. Um, Samare going, you instantly look at a guy who looks like he's in big demand, Ibrahim uh, Sangare, who is the sitting midfielder for PSV, who had a really good game. We gave him on commentary at the King Power, man of the match, in fact, against Leicester um, at the King Power. He, he was really good, really good. And you think, well, he might cost a fair bit of money. I, I know that in, well, the last 10 hours or so, looking at social media, a few big links with a few of the big big clubs um so maybe just out of a league but maybe a replacement could easily be um and looks does look the business and i'm going to throw in the two names that i've i've said for a long time and it depends if rogers fancies one of them really and that's jesse lingard whether he wants to come to leicester or not i don't know but you've got a player who i'll say again for the second week running them for fox sake uh he was the best player in the premier league when he went to west ham on loan he really was he was, in FPL terms, he was an absolute mustard player. You had to pick him, absolutely zero money, and he scored every week, pretty much. And we've got a place on the right side of the attack. Now, he can play either side, but someone like Lingard would suit Leicester down to the ground. The way he plays, it just would suit. Now, off the field, no idea. I don't know whether he's a bad lad or not, or whether he's trouble. No idea. But if Rodgers doesn't fancy him, then fine. If he doesn't want to move to Leicester, again, fine. I can see that being the problem over everything. Uh, I don't think he'll want to come to Leicester, to be perfectly honest. Even if they offer him a fair amount of money, I think he'll probably want more because it's a free contract. And I think he'll probably get more elsewhere. Um, West Ham, for example, who knows whether that's going to be permanent or he goes up to Newcastle, I can see that. But you've got a player who's absolutely ripe cherry fit for us. And the other player, the final one, and I mentioned him last time, if he's still fit enough, if he's still got the desire to play football, and 
again, if he wants to play, if he wants to come come down to Leicester from from Wales. And that's one matter. I still think we would benefit as a football club from having a small diminutive number 10 slash 8 player who has got a lot of experience. Pedro, uh, Mata, that sort of player who, when we're playing at home to teams especially and we're struggling, we can bring them on. Or we can start them and say, look, you've got a little bit more room now. You don't have to work incredibly hard off the ball because we're against the kind of a so-called lesser side. You might not play them week in week out but again you don't have the Europe as well so I, I and also it would help no end with the squad with younger players um, for, for, and I'm talking a season someone I think would suit someone like him would suit Leicester down to the ground for a season excellent player still if he still got it which by the looks of the last couple of games for Manchester United he probably still has I think someone like that would be great on a one-year deal. I've always thought Pedro, over the years, when he signed for Chelsea, I thought he was a brilliant player. Um, and when they stopped playing him for a while, I couldn't understand it. And I, I, that sort of player would be absolutely ideal for Leicester. Someone even looking at Chelsea, um, they've got a, a, quite a few number 10s. None of them will come to Leicester. But uh, it's like a parachute would be would be great. But anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're just a few off the top of my head that I would like to see. Because again... I think they fill the gaps that we need. I know you can replace player for player by by getting a better player, but they fill the gaps that we are not only deficient on, but I think very poor at. Yeah, there's other players in the mix as well. There's there's the natural look at the relegated teams and having a look if there's anybody in there. You would instantly dismiss pretty much... Oh, the much. goalkeeper. Well, yeah, exactly. I thought I thought you were going there. I thought you were going maybe Christian Eriksen as well, who we've talked about on a previous podcast and continues to be linked with Leicester. And, and we've said, actually, he, he is a very good option. Similar in, in some ways to, to Juan Mata. Obviously, Eriksen's a few years younger but the thing is, does he go back to Spurs for the nostalgia and, and obviously the fact that they've got Champions League football and they're seemingly uh, equally interested as us? So he, he doesn't come to Leicester. He doesn't come to no, Leicester no, not if not if they're seriously interested. There's no chance. There's no reason for him to come to Leicester. Um, but there is a reason for players like Nick Pope and maybe even James Tarkovsky to come. Tarkovsky is the kind of no-nonsense, head every single ball out of your penalty area defender that Leicester have been missing for the entire season. Okay, he's not as good on the ball as Rodgers would probably like his centre-backs to be, but if you're just talking about get a bloke in there to head the ball away, then he he is that man. He's an excellent leader. He is... Apparently, Rob, though, apparently that's a kind of a, a no-go. Apparently there's been a lot of... Quite prominent journalists have said Leicester aren't in for him. Apparently, because he's, he's going to be on a free, he's demanding a lot of money as well. Well, you can understand um, it. He's going to be playing Premier League football next season, isn't he? And and as a Premier League club, Leicester fans would, would be thinking, yeah, he's, he'd be a decent fit, especially because of the terrible centre-back... Um, well, the centre-back issues that we've had this season and, and the set-piece issues. Looking at someone like Nick Pope, now... <laughs> It's very interesting because the the um, one of the headlines I saw Daily Mail, so you know take it with a pinch of salt, but they had put a headline saying Schmeichel's future in question uh, as he's dropped for Premier League game. Now it's it's terrible, terrible journalism, but they've done it to obviously get clicks because Schmeichel is the club captain. He's the mainstay. He's, he's got X number of con- consecutive Premier League appearances for Leicester. He's, he's been one of the greatest 
players at Leicester City for everything that he's achieved, for everything that he's been through, for the amount of time he's been there, the quality that he's got. Undoubtedly, one of one of the legends of Leicester City Football Club. I, d- I don't have any hesitation in saying that. But to the to the people that don't follow football as closely, or maybe didn't quite see uh, the intricacies of Brendan Rodgers' press conferences, that kind of thing. Someone like my mum, big Leicester fan, season ticket holder, doesn't necessarily read all the news. She's like, "Oh, I read, um, I read Schmeichel's uh, Schmeichel's going, or Schmeichel's thinking about a move, or, or he's going to get kicked out of Leicester." Blah 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 blah. I said, "No, look, Brendan Rodgers said it was very clearly he wanted Danny Ward to get." his Premier League debut for Leicester and he'd spoken to both of them and he'd said you're going to be playing this game you're going to be playing these games and and it was all sorted there was no dropping of Kasper Schmeichel however take that aside you look at his age you look at the fact that there have been some question marks over his form this season I've seen a lot of Leicester fans on different social media sites and uh, and and what have you saying that rating him like a 6 out of 10 for his season I personally think that's a that's a touch low. That suggests that he's that he's been below par for most of the season, which I I personally don't think is true. However, if it is the time for him to move on, then there is England's number two goalkeeper available at a Championship club where you can't imagine he's gonna stay. Particularly as you're looking at Burnley and you're thinking, are they? Well equipped enough to come straight back up into the Premier League. They got Vincent Company as their manager. He's, well, he's he's in, that's interesting. He's isn't on the it? top three uh, of their short. He's, he's on the three man shortlist, isn't he? That's a very a very interesting appointment if that happens. I, I think if I was a Burnley fan, I'd have gone. I I, that, I really like that. You know, I I like that angle. But um, yeah, but you wouldn't have any idea whether he was capable of getting you back up to the Premier League or not. And Nick Pope is not young. I'm not saying he's old by any stretch, but. If he wants to keep himself firmly in the England setup and he wants to play at the highest level, it's a risk staying at Burnley next season if clubs like Leicester are in for you. But obviously Schmeichel is a big stumbling block there. It depends whether he wants a, a, a final uh, challenge himself in his career. Uh, what what do you think about Schmeichel? I, um, I think he's had, as, as I said, the first six weeks or so, whether it was a hangover from from what happened in your in in the Euros or whatever, who knows? Um, but since then, I think quietly he's had a, a, an exceptional season. I think he's been really good. Now we know if someone says no, he hasn't because of his of his deficiencies and crosses. Well, where have you been for the last? He's third on the appearance list at Leicester. <laughs> where have you been for all those? Um, I, I think he's had a very, very good season. And if Leicester went, right, Cashbridge Michael's going nowhere, and he goes, no, I'm going nowhere, I'm Leicester's keeper for next season, absolutely no problem at all. Zero problem, no worries. But if you're Schmeichel, or you're the football club, and you're going, Casper, are we, are we doing one more year, and then that's it. If that's the case, then there is a problem, because I think Nick Pope, it, you got it right there. He's he's England's number two goalkeeper. Now he could easily be number one because I know the goalkeeper Pickford. He's plays well for England, but mm, really, um, I, I mean, you want to have him, would you? In a million years, if Everton went down, would you have Pickford in goal? You were, never in a million years. You want to touch him with a barge pole? Um, he won't be able to reach. Uh, he uh, he he um, he suits Leicester down to the ground again. What are his? I watched him. I watched the game against Spurs. They play Spurs at at, um, 
at White Hart Lane not a few weeks ago, didn't they? And they lost 1-0. It was a dodgy, it was a handball, weren't it? The way he commands his area, and I'm not talking about crosses just from out wide. I'm talking about deep crosses. And he will come forward. And you know how a tall goalkeeper will kind of jump forward for a high ball with his knee high, one knee high. Old-fashioned type goalkeeper. He does that. And that, I I just watched him, especially in the first half. I was at work. Um, Busy, obviously. And I uh, I watched that and just kept I kept on saying to um to to Ray I'll name one of the vision mixers big Liverpool fan mad I said Ray is like this guy is absolutely exactly what Leicester need Com- not just dominating because of his height but really dominating his area outside of his area confident under extreme pressure situation. Um, just everything. I was like, yes, he is exactly who we need, and that I know he's a good, a bit of very good goalkeeper. Um, but just that first half alone, I watched it going. That's exactly what Leicester need. Um, and so, if it's the case that we can phone up Brent, uh, Burnley and say how much for Nick Pope, and if they're saying, well, it's fifteen million, twenty million quid, who knows? I don't know what it's going to cost. But if Nick Pope wants to join Leicester again. If he wants to join and the deal's there, you sign him. And you even then ask Smichael, you go, look, mate, not being funny, but we've bought this guy. Um, Is it time for you to move on? Because it will happen in the next season or two. It will, as much as he's been brilliant. Is it time for you to then maybe look for a club now? We're not forcing you out the door, but it, it just happens, doesn't it, with players? It'll happen with Vardy eventually. Um, more than likely with Vardy it'll be a question of retiring probably rather than moving so we'll see um, but that's the sort of thing I would do it, it's bizarre to try and replace someone like Schmeichel who I've said has had a, a really good season and I've got zero problems with him being in goal next year but I just think if this one goalkeeper if any other keeper really around big fan of Fraser Forster but he's, very, he's quite old he's going to Tottenham now um, to be their reserve keeper but I, I Pope Definitely, absolutely, definitely. In fact, I know Ward Prowse would be top of my list. To be perfectly honest, I'd actually have Nick Pope as actually top of my list now. Thinking about it properly, I'd have him if I could sign anyone really this summer right now. Him, because the problems we've had this year, I know the players obviously been a big issue with Fafana and Edmonds, but he would sort out a lot of those. You know, you look, you just look back at those. Those games, especially the, so the West Ham game, you know. So there we go. It's um, yeah, weird, isn't it? How 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 you're getting a player to leave the football club who is an absolute hero, and you've got no problem with being there next year at all. Yet you're fine for him to go if we buy this player who's just got relegated. That's a weird scenario, isn't it? It is a weird scenario, but it's not a short term scenario is it it's looking to the midterm you get Nick Pope into Leicester this summer and he's not going to be the number two he's not going to come unless you assure him that you're getting rid of Kasper Schmeichel Schmeichel's not going to be the number two you're not going to have both of them at the football club I can't see that as a scenario so if, if you have the opportunity to bring Nick Pope in uh, well, this is providing Rogers and his coaching staff actually like Nick Pope and think that he'd be a good fit for Leicester. We as fans do, we as the, the hosts of this podcast do. But you're looking then at having your goalkeeper sorted 
very few questions asked for the next however long his contract is. Uh, he'd probably sign, I don't know, four-year deal maybe. And then he's just like, you know what? That's a key area, sorted, we're fine there now, and we can look at other areas. So it, it, you've got to look at it as a mid medium-term solution rather than a ousting Kasper Schmeichel after another very good season as, as the leader of Leicester City Football Club. If we're then saying that as a podcast, Ward-Prowse and Nick Pope are, are a top two uh, potential summer signings, uh, you're saying you you're swinging towards Pope over Ward Prowse as as the as the number one. I would probably just go Ward Prowse because I can see a max mass exodus of players in midfield, and I think it's an area where Leicester are going to need players of his caliber. Whereas, you know, there's no there's no word from Schmeichel that he's leaving the football club, and if he stays. Well, when he when he stays at Leicester, then you know you you've got a brilliant goalkeeper there still, and you've got the captain of your football club. Whereas, it's it's likely that Chowdhury's going, Tielemans is going to move on, and Didi is a question mark over whether he'll get a big money move to a big club. All of a sudden, your midfield is starting to look a bit bare, and Rogers has already said players like Tielemans and Dewsbury all have had to play far too, more minutes than he would necessarily have liked them to. Um, over the last couple of months because the other players simply haven't been able to reach the level they need to to play in midfield for Leicester City. So on that basis, I would just edge towards Ward-Prowse as the top signing of those that we've talked about so far, if it's feasible. Obviously, we've got absolutely no idea what goes on with the transfer dealing. So it's all speculation, but I think we're agreed on a top two just in a slightly different order. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, I'd have them as top two, you know, really, to be honest, both, both similar both kind of together but there we go uh final few things really to rattle off um no new kit as we speak strange i thought that would have been announced anyway uh i saw the arsenal kit was released and i thought well adidas have done that but yeah never mind um before we finish with fpl um did you did you see the danny drink water thing today yes i've seen his statement yes interesting wording uh it's a business move gone wrong yeah i mean it's exactly what we said when he so he's left Chelsea after five years, his contract's ended. Um, when he signed for them, you, you, people will slate Danny Drinkwater from that, and it's a shame really because his his career, possibly in many people's eyes, has been overshadowed by what's happened since he's left Leicester. I.e., he's been terrible for various reasons, and off the pitch as well, it's been a mess of his own making. But there you go. Um, but I, I don't think of that. You think of Danny Drinkwater, you think of the league winning season, you think of him being that championship uh, engine, you think of him being the, the engine in midfield alongside, when he got in the team alongside Cambiasso and, and that sort of thing towards the end of the, 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 the survival campaign. And, and, and again, in the league winning season, just exceptional. But when he left, it was like, okay, 35 million quid, a lot of money. Okay, and people are going, yeah, but why has he gone to Chelsea? Because he's gone for five years and he was earning. Now, it's, it definitely begins with a two. It was over 200 grand a week. So we, we just say 200 grand a week, but I think it was about 210, 220. Or even, or even, was it even sky high, like 250? It was an amazing contract. Five years, 200 plus grand a week. And people were going, I don't know why he's gone there because he might not play. He's just signed five years at 200 grand a week. 
plus, and then a side-on fee of God knows how much. Like, wow. He's done everything at Leicester. He's played in Champions League. He's won the Premier League, etc. Now, I know football-wise you can say, well, he's kind of ruined himself. Yes. And it didn't go right because they changed their manager quickly after and then Sarri didn't fancy him at all. So, yes, he's gone wrong. But I don't know, money's not everything. But, my God, you can see why he's gone. And then he leaves. When he leaves on a free contract today or when his contract ends today, he then says in his statement, it was a business uh, move gone wrong. Yeah, we, we knew it was a business move, Danny. We, we, we know the reason. You know, you could go there and win every trophy under the sun. But we know it was for the money. But... You can't blame him, really, could you? Business move gone wrong for him, but you've got to say, it wasn't a business move gone wrong for Leicester. All for him, really. You know, He's made a fortune. I know it's gone wrong off the pitch and all that. but Well, yeah, um, financially, yes. For, for, a footballing decision gone wrong, definitely. But financially, he's done very well out of it. We've done very well out of it. Yes, his football career is essentially over because he's he's struggled to mediocre form at I think Reading back end of this season yeah. just gone, uh, and it is quite sad because there was some supporters were had a bit of uh, ill feeling towards him for you know going to Chelsea. Why didn't he stay at Leicester? Blah blah blah. blah. The footballing career is so short that if you've got an opportunity to go to a club of that size, play alongside Kante. Play alongside Kante, but also if you if you manage to to reach the levels again that you play that you reached in Leicester's title winning season, you're going to get some games at Chelsea. Uh, but he's had managers England. change, uh, England. Yes, he's had managers change. Like you said, he's had all sorts of horrendous off field issues, and most of them of his own making. I know it's he's had custody issues. He's had nightclub fights that have resulted in injury issues, and it's just been. A, he did it a, a terrible tease, didn't time. He? he had a fight in a night, or he got he got beat yeah, he up got in a stamped on, yeah, yeah. And he got and he got his uh, his Achilles went. Yeah, I think that was when he was on loan at Villa. So he's just he's just not had a great time, and I do feel sorry for him because it's not it wasn't a massive. Uh, he's turned his back on Leicester and he's gone for a glory move. No, he's done what Kante did. He's done what Mares did, and, and they've gone. You know what? We have achieved what we think we can achieve at Leicester. Winning the Premier League there is the absolute pinnacle of what we can do at Leicester. Uh, and so it has turned out, really. Um, and obviously a five-year contract on a, on a mega wage. N- never going to turn it down. But that's five years of his football career down the drain. And he's going to struggle to, to revive it, really. So uh, I do feel sorry for him. But he's also absolutely minted. So there's only so far my sympathy can go. Yeah, exactly. It's, that, that's why it's you know business move, but it's gone wrong essentially off the pitch, and it's a shame really in that. But there, well, there you go. Um, to finish off, then it's the FPL. So for the final time this season, Rob, I think we need a little bit of music. So the top ten, the final top ten of the season. So the final league table up into tenth place is Matt Hatson with Matip Inyasi um, at 2,416 points. In ninth place is Emmanuel uh, Nairoka with TBGFC on 2,433 points. In eighth place, Max Magnussen with uh, Ravask, 2,435 points. Down into seventh place, Ben Melbourne, Vini Vidi Vardy, 
2,453 points. Up into sixth place, Glenn Richardson in sixth place. Glenn the Fox Isle with 2,461 points. Top five. Javiz Muzamil with Kalichi Breeze at 2,464 points. Top four, Jeff Linton in fourth place. Enter team name, 2,504 points. The top three. In third place, Benjamin Brogan, Tofu United AFC, 2,558 points. The top two of the For Fox 8 podcast FPL League in second place. It's Jack R with that Samare, maybe not that next season, but there you go. 2,570 points and winning by 14 points on 2,584 points. It's Adam Wise with Team Addy on that tremendous score. And Adam Wise is this year's for Fox 8 podcast FPL champion. I, on the other hand, I'm not this year's for Fox 8 podcast FPL champion. Uh, congratulations to you, Pete. You once again win the battle of the for Fox 8 podcast co-hosts in terms of league position. Strong finish from you, 14th place. I've, I've reversed those digits and finished in 41st, which, considering the fact that I wasn't doing fantastically well and then I was one of those unfortunate people that got hacked and spent weeks trying to... Uh, rediscover any kind of uh, form and any kind of decent squad. I'll take top 50, to be perfectly honest with you. Before you uh, gloat, can I just give a nod to a a good mate of mine who I've been to a couple of Leicester games with this season, Jack Wright, who has been in the top 10 for virtually every single game week and has finished 12th, just three points outside the top 10. He's going to be, I haven't actually spoken to him about it yet, he's going to be absolutely fuming and he's going to feel even worse about it because I'm giving him some stick on the podcast. Next season, Jack, we, you can't even be talking about coming on the podcast as a, as an FPL tipper if you're not finishing in, in the top 10. There's me in 41st place having a dig at someone who finished 12th. Go on, Pete, have a gloat. 14th place. I, I, I've done well this year. I've done well. 14th is a, is a strong finish. Not quite strong enough to win my work league. I finished second um, to racecourse commentator Tim Peters, who's a Norwich fan of everything. And uh, he, had an, he had an amazing week about three weeks ago when he went from third to top. I thought I'd done it. I thought I won all the money. But um, yeah, damn. But I, I won my, my own league with my mates for the second year running, actually. That's pretty good. Um I won by over 100 points. That's pretty good. I lost out in the cup, though. Um, I entered that. I entered our um, former sister podcast, Forever Forest. <laughs> it's not at all from a long time ago. Um, and I entered their league. I finished seventh. <laughs> um, so there we go. And uh, what was I overall? 369,000. So inside the top 400,000. Not bad. Um, and there you go. Yeah, 14th in the league. It's weird because... It, and this is definitely not an excuse. I think I've missed out on the top 10 this year because I I concentrate on my league with my mates. So it depends on who they've got in their side. I kind of akin my team to it. So like, you know, they've got they've got Harry Kane as captain and I'm ahead of them by 100 points. I'm like, well, I've got to have Harry Kane as captain because, you know, it's going to level out kind of thing and that sort of... So I've kind of gone that way. I'm, 
so I may have missed out on the top 10. That's just a little bit of an excuse. But no, I'll take 14th. Yeah, I'll take 14th. And uh, as long as I'm beating you, that's all that matters. Let's get it right. Let's get the main thing right. So, uh, although it's not hard to do that. There you go. It's, um, it, will, <laughs> it will return next year, FPL. Um, are you going to try next year? What do you mean am I going to try? Does it... <laughs> <laughs> First of all, thank you to everybody that's taken part. 180, oh, yeah. 180 yeah. teams entered into this year's for Fox Sake League, which is which is excellent, and it makes it nice and competitive. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there who uh, who dream one day of having Pete Selby's dulcet tones read them out as uh, as being in the top ten. Um, Make make sure make sure that you get your team done ready for game week one because you know in, in the first few game weeks that's when things tend to change and then and then you get about what five to ten game weeks in and you start to to know who the big fish are but fortieth out of one hundred and eighty really is not disastrous it's it's comfortably inside the 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 top quarter of the of the table so if you're talking Premier League I'm top five you, you've done very well you you've done you've done okay you've you, you're not quite Vestergaard. You 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 just kind of like you, you're Perez, you know. You've, you've, oh you've, uh, no, okay. I'll take Daniel Amati. I'll be Daniel Amati. Daniel Amati. Okay, you're Daniel Amati. Uh, well, my fourteenth. Um, that's clutchy. I'm actually number fourteen. Uh, no, I, I've had a. Um, I've not had a Dewsbury Hall. I've not quite had a Madison. It's not really been stop start, so it's not really a Vardy. Um, I've not had some bad weeks, so it can't really be a Barnes. I'm going to put me as a as a as a uh, oh god, I've got to put myself into a bit of a corner. Now. Schmeichel, a, a Schmeichel, yes, Schmeichel. You know, started off fairly slow because I don't think I was that high up at the start of it, and then yeah, quietly excellent season. <laughs> Apart from announcing it every week. If you do say so yourself. Yes, there we go. Anyway, that's it for the podcast. That's it for the season. Now, we'll be back. And I don't think it'll be that too long, Rob, will it? It'll only be a few weeks. You've, um, your school situation, is that all kind of, they're all leaving now, aren't they? So you're going to be away on the hit and miss. Yeah, I've got I've got a week off next week, if, you, if, you, if that's what you mean. They're going all away. We'll give it a couple of weeks and we'll probably come back with... Uh, with something a little bit more specific, and um, in terms of picking out, you, you know, we we like to do a player ratings one, don't we? And and I think it'd be nice to to keep with the tradition of that. But we wanted to just sort of summarise the end of season feelings today. So we'll we'll do something a little bit more numbers heavy, maybe in in a couple of weeks' time. But we'll 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 let people have a bit of a break from us, I guess, and we have a break from you, and you have a break from me. Yeah, although to be fair, it has, it, it has been quite um, quite sporadic at the end of the season. So many thanks for everyone for listening to the podcast once again. Uh, many thanks for all your messages. If you want to get in contact, uh, for fox8podcast at gmail.com is the email address, at ffspod on Twitter, and then on Facebook, you know, just search for, for fox8podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, again, just towards the end of the season, it got quite spaced out just through work scenarios, all sorts of, you know, just basically trying to get this together so sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it does and we're back in a few weeks time with a more of a look towards next season with a view of going over the, the squad in detail and and what's exactly what with each player maybe trying to form some kind of side uh, and hopefully by then there'll be plenty more news we might have signed some players we might have sold some players uh, kit wise who knows uh, also plenty of questions send them through you know where to send them through to by now and that's it for a while so we'll be back in a few weeks time not in the middle of the summer but uh, just gives a few weeks to get over 
spending an hour and 26 minutes at uh, current look at the time talking about Leicester City. What's better than that? (laughs) 